A warm welcome to Questions Worth Asking, a podcast where we capture and translate wisdom from multiple disciplines in order to fuel the next generation of changemakers. Hello, welcome to Questions Worth Asking. We're in season one and this is episode eight. I'm Priya. And I'm John. This week we have uh, Salima Hamani joining us, who's an OD consultant and leadership coach. Hello, Salima. So if we dive right in with the broadest question we could ask, I've heard this called, oh, internal narratives. I've heard this called narrative coaching. I've even heard this phrase called uh, narrative leadership. Could you just give us a, an overall intro to this, uh, this entire area of narratives? Sure. Um... Hi, John. Hi, Priya. Thank you so much for having me here today. Very excited to be speaking with you. Um, it's a really good question, John. And frankly, to be honest with you, I'm not sure if I agree with the phrase narrative leadership. Um, you know, we all uh, hold um, internal narratives. And basically, these are the stories we tell ourselves. It's the self-talk, right? It's the internal dialogue or conversation that we are having with ourselves, often without even realizing it. Um, and I have worked with a lot of uh, leaders across all different levels and really effective, really successful leaders. And I realized that they, um, they all, uh, you know, uh, one thing that's common among all of them is this, um, this internal narrative that guides, that runs their lives. And some narratives serve us well and uh, some don't and, in fact, can keep us from the opportunities and the goals that we are seeking. So another way to think about narratives is that these are the assumptions that we hold uh, about ourselves, about our own power, our own abilities, as well as about others, about situations and environments that are external to us. And often it is the meaning that we make or what we infer from our experiences or from what happens to us. Um, so uh, again, it's something that's I would say uh, not just uh, you know uh, applicable to leadership. It's across across the board. All of us as human beings um, are uh, susceptible to the stories we tell ourselves. However, what makes it really interesting, especially in the work that I do with senior leaders is um, even the most successful of them get to a point where their internal narratives might not uh, serve them the way they want uh, to move forward in the world, the way they want to show up. And the other interesting thing about narratives is that the more we act on those and give power to them by basing our actions on those, the more ingrained they get on a, get in us so that they become our beliefs and even our values. They become our mo mental models and how we view the world. So we have to be very careful, uh, especially as leaders, what narratives we are giving into, what narratives we hold. And I will share uh, one more thing related to this topic is um, that this is something that's extremely uh, personal to me. Um, as I have consciously myself pushed uh, myself out of my comfort zone in a, in a number of different areas over the past years, um, I've had to do a lot of work myself personally and becoming aware of the internal narratives 
or the stories that run my life, and in many cases overcome those internal narratives to craft different stories um, that would give me the boost to take actions or go after opportunities or address challenges that I normally would not. Wow. Okay. Thank you. That gives us a nice broad range around this entire field. You know, I really resonated with that last part you said about your own internal work. And we're finding that to be quite a pattern with multiple interviews and people we talk to that the the field they do and the work they're doing is is often quite a mirror or something that they're personally working on. So stop me if I if I dive in too quickly here, but I'm I'm interested. Would you be willing to share or is there any piece of your personal work that you'd be able to share here for others to learn from as well? Yeah, I, that's such a great question, John. I really appreciate you asking it. Uh, you know, my background is that I um, I come from a minority background. I am uh, I've often been the the only female in um, senior leadership situations, um, and uh, there have been many many times where you know the the culture that I come from, the upbringing that I've had. Um, I've, 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 I've realized that I've formed narratives about what I can do, where I will be accepted, when I can speak up, when will it be safe for me to speak up, what I can influence. Um, and it wasn't until much later on in my life when I realized that the, you know, the acceptable path, what I thought was acceptable path for someone like me, was not actually the right path for me. It wasn't the fulfilling path for me. And I wanted to do something very different than what I had, you know, all my life uh, been um, kind of brought up to believe what I could do. I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I wanted to go out on my own. I wanted to start my own business. Um, I wanted to do organizational consulting and and leadership coaching and not necessarily go the traditional paths that others in my family or others from my background have have taken because I realized those weren't fulfilling for me personally. Um, But it it took a long time for me to realize that those other options were uh, open to me and, and what I realized was that it wasn't anybody else that was saying no to me. It was I myself who had been saying no to myself for many, many years uh, because I didn't, I, I, I assumed the story, the narrative that was going in my head was I won't be accepted. I look too different. I don't have the background. I I don't have the cultural upbringing to be comfortable in, 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 in those roles. Um, how dare I show up in a different way? Um, that's 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 what I t- you know told myself, uh, and it sounds pretty sad thinking about it right now. But that's what would go through my mind. How dare I? Um, and it took many many years of working on it and realizing why not? You know nobody else is questioning me, and it took real conscious effort in terms of noticing the narrative and then challenging the narrative and asking myself how do I know that this is the truth? How do I know that this is the reaction I will get? or this is what I'm capable or not capable of. I had no evidence, just my own beliefs that over years, over the years I had somehow made myself think that they were just facts and truths and I had no real basis. So it took a lot of that work of examining my own narratives and challenging for me to get out of that cycle and in fact take the chances and go after the opportunities that um, 
you know, without the, that work that I did, I would not have been able to. Thanks, Lena. What, what really comes up for me when you talk about that is how important awareness is and really paying attention to what these stories are telling you. I know from my own personal work in this area, both with my, myself and with coaching clients, often there's a tendency to demonise these voices. You know, that's bad. Um, having an inner critic, for example, which is an, a narrative that I do a lot of work with, that's bad. An inner, inner critic is bad. And actually, one of the things I always work with my clients on is how do you get away from that good, bad language and work out what gift um, an inner critic narrative might give you, for example. And and I and I feel like that point that you're making about awareness is really key to that, because if you're not aware, you can't really do the work about deciding what's helpful. And I just wondered, do you have any advice or any kind of commentary around how people can really dig into just how they decide whether these narratives are helpful or not helpful. Yeah, I think that's that's a really good point, Priya. And I definitely don't want to say all sorts of internal narratives are bad, right? I, in fact, there I think there are two types, right? Those there are those that are fear based and um, what I call hate based. Um, and often, oftentimes, as as women, um, we are very self critical. So you know, I, I call those hate based or fear based narratives. And there are definitely narratives that are, are, are more positive and hope-based um, narratives. So um, I think it's important to realize that there, there are two, that not all narratives are bad. In fact, the ones that are uh, uh, hope-based, um, uh, positive, love-based narratives can propel us to do things um, and go after uh, opportunities and challenges against all odds. And I will even go far to say, and which, which is what I think, uh, Priya, you were alluding to, even in, 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 in some of the fear-based narratives, there is a gift there, right? Um, so, uh, yes, you know, you might be self-critical and think, hey, I'm not good enough. But, but the gift there is that oftentimes, that narratives propels us to work harder, try harder, uh, persevere more, right? Um, but you know, again, it's 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 how we use that narrative. It's recognizing if I choose to just believe that and not do anything different, then I'm surrendering to the limitations that that narrative is putting in front of me. But if I choose to examine it and say, okay. If I think I'm not good enough and I am really committed to changing that, what steps can I take to change that narrative? Can I um, get more knowledge? Can I get more expertise? Can I put myself up for opportunities where I get a chance to hone in on or um, you know, get, get more mastery of, of something so that I gain that, uh, I am able to change that narrative, get that inner confidence I, I need to go after um, uh, opportunities that I, I didn't think I was good enough for. So it's really about how we choose to uh, take that narrative, notice it, uh, understand it, and then how we choose to change that narrative. Um, because if you don't do anything about it, and you just, again, 
give yourself into it and let it be self-limiting, then you really almost, it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. You know, what you believe in, what you think about yourself, you start limiting yourself just inside those, inside those boxes. And then you never give yourself an opportunity to um, get the skills, get the, get the um, capability to break out, out, out of that narrative. Okay, great. So I'm hearing you talk about change, and I'm wondering about impact of internal narratives. So I know in OD, we often talk about impact on self, impact on others. What would you share in terms of when you've got an internal narrative going on, why would you pay attention to that internal narrative? And what are some common impacts that you hear of, of people's internal narratives? Yeah, so I personally believe that our internal narratives control everything that happens to us. Um, they impact how we perceive ourselves, as I mentioned before, our own power, our ability to impact um, the, the influence we can have, how we show up, they can deprive us or drive us towards uh, certain opportunities and challenges. They can impact our decision making, what actions and behaviors we choose to take. And the more we act based on our own internal narratives, the more ingrained they become they become self-fulfilling prophecies. So we act based on our narratives, which leads us to the results we expect, which further validates to us that the stories we are telling ourselves must be true. So I'll share a simple example uh, to demonstrate this. So what if I was telling myself that I'm not a good public speaker, which would then lead me to uh, making a decision to not, to not accept uh, an opportunity to take on a speaking engagement, which then further prevents me from uh, honing and improving my public speaking skills and so on. So it becomes this vicious cycle that we can't get out of. And as I mentioned earlier, really there are two types of narratives. One are one type of narrative is based in, in, in fear and hate. This is the our, our own self-critic. And, 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 you know, obviously, it's, it, they don't serve us well. And especially uh, if we choose not to do anything about them, um, they can really limit us in our ability to grow, uh, to broaden our perspective. Um, and I'll share with you an example. A few years ago, I was uh, working with a, a mid-level leader, a, a, a fantastic, um, you know, high-potential performer. She had been you know, uh, getting the results um, that the company was expecting and, and beyond for many years. She had a team of people that worked for her, that loved her. And she got to a point in her career where she really struggled with um, forming a, a more effective relationship with the new boss she had. She was struggling with uh, getting to the next um, leadership level. And when I started working with her, her biggest goal uh, for that coaching engagement was how do I improve my relationship with my boss? How can I make her appreciate me more? How can I get get to that next level that I'm seeking in my career? And in just a couple of sessions working with her, it became really obvious that more than anything, it was the, the stories, the narrative that she was telling herself. And we started really working on her noticing what was going through her mind when she was making certain decisions. So 
she had uh, been working on a lot of great ideas, yet she had not shared any of those with her boss. And when I kind of challenged her, why haven't you had, you know, why haven't you set up time with your boss and shared with her, her some of these great ideas that you're thinking about? Her response was, well, I know that she won't care about these things. And then as a coach, I challenged her, well, how do you know that? What ev evidence do you have? And it became obvious real quickly that she really didn't have any evidence. This is something she just felt. That's something she believed in. Um, because there had been occasions in the past where her boss had been um, busy and they, she hadn't been able to set up time with, with her boss, she had just assumed and had been telling herself the story that my boss really doesn't care about me and she really doesn't care about my ideas. And yet, here she was struggling to form a closer, a more effective relationship with her boss, have her boss see her in a different light, yet she was limiting herself by the story she was telling, um, telling herself about what, what her boss might be thinking or what opportunities were available. So that engagement really became a lot more about her examining and noticing her narrative, and then we, were, we worked on how could she change that narrative which in the end um, really helped her get out of that vicious cycle. The other type of narrative are, as I mentioned before, are those that are based in uh, love and hope. Um, and those are really, you know, again, they propel us to do things uh, that might seem against all odds, you know, for us to, to take on. Um, and I've, I've worked with many a leader who I've seen demonstrate that where they're, uh, they've admitted that their, their narratives that they bring to the forefront, they've, through years of practice, they have learned to notice their narratives, they've learned to reshape the narratives that don't serve them well, and uh, really work on narratives that uh, make them believe in, 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 in possibilities, in showing up, in trying, in believing in themselves, um, and have really let them make choices that have served them very well in their leadership journey. Salima, with all your expertise in this area, for our listeners, what do you believe are the real questions worth asking in this space? Yeah, that's a that's a great question, Priya. I really think it's 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 four key questions that um, you need to ask yourself to get started on a becoming more aware of your own narratives and then working on reshaping those narratives as needed. And it really starts with the first question, which is around noticing. So it's asking yourself, what is going through my head as I verbally or emotionally react to something or make a decision? By becoming more conscious of your narrative, paying close attention to the thoughts that are running through through your mind and the story that you're telling yourself you, when you make certain decisions, you you by default are going to start paying, in general, more attention to everything that's going in your head, what you're assuming, um, uh, on a more regular basis. So the first question is around noticing again what is going through my head as I verbally or emotionally react to something or make a decision. The the second question is around Questioning your own or challenging your own truth. So the second question is, how do I know what I'm assuming is true and not just my truth, really? So validating the, uh, uh, the, the truth about your assumption. 
how do I know that this is this is really true and not just my truth? The third question is challenging that. Is this story or is this narrative that's going through my head, is it really serving me? Are the behavior patterns and the thought patterns that I'm noticing have they served me in the past? Are they serving me currently? Are they going to serve me in the future? And that's going to let you know whether it's a narrative that's, you know, based in fear or, or, or hate or what versus one that's based on hope and love. And then the final question I would say to ask to get yourself to a position of starting to change that narrative is asking yourself, what would a, what would a different story or narrative sound like? And that might mean for you to rephrase um, certain uh, certain words, change the language that you're using, changing your vocabulary, taking certain words out of your vocabulary. Language is powerful. Even the language that's unspoken, that's going inside our own heads, has a lot of power. And consciously choosing to converse with yourself in a different way. And I would say you can ask these questions to yourself, but a lot of times, if you have access to a professional, such as a, as a coach, they can help you self-reflect you know, self and discover the inner mindsets and narratives that are serving you or not serving you and how to change them. And then if you don't have access to a coach, you could even do this exercise with a close friend, a family member, a trusted partner. But it's, it's about getting into the habit of examining you know, um, taking taking time to take a step back and examining what's going inside your head, what self what self talk um, is happening, and and the, and and the conversation that you're having with yourself, and 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 taking time to sincerely ask yourself, is this is this serving me well or not? Okay, wow, that's quite a treat for us. We're normally looking for one question worth asking. We got four. This time we got four. So <laughs> thank you for that, Salima. In terms of timing for this episode, why don't we call that a wrap for here? So it's a, it's a goodbye from London for episode eight. Thank you. It has been a pleasure talking about this topic with both of you. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Thank you for being with us. Until next time, it's your turn to ask the questions worth asking.